I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's bring in Corbin Burns right now. Our first guest of the day on FT Live. Always great to see you, Corbin. Um, let, let's start there, dude. The BA um, top 100 list just came out. It's funny. The By far the richest dude on that list is, is Milwaukee Brewer in Jackson Cheerio. So what do you know <laughs> about him? And are you excited to play with him this year? Yeah, so I actually don't know a ton about him. Um, obviously, he's come over um, the last couple of years from minor league camp and, and filled in some innings on the on the big league side. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of excitement in the in the organization about him. Um, great player has you know flown through the system. I don't know if he's I don't even know if he's 20 years old yet, um, which is crazy to just to think about where I was at when I was 19 years old. I was in my second year of college and was no way near good enough to, to play in the big leagues. So the fact that he's uh, as advanced as he is, is exciting, and um, you know, I'll get a better look at him, get to know him more when spring training starts, and gosh, a little over a month. Well, your your manager said he's not good enough to play in the big leagues yet either, because he said he's still going to be number ninety four in spring training, and he's got to earn number eleven at some point. You think that's yeah. fair? You think that's fair? You think a guy that gets that money, you know, we're not talking about like somebody that signed like a twenty or twenty five million dollar deal. Somebody that gets this money. Do you feel like as a guy in your last season with the Brewers, you're like, hey, if we gave this guy money, let's go. Let's bring this let's bring this dude up and start whacking. I, you know, I definitely think it's fair. I, I don't think the be, just because you sign a big number, um, prospect evaluators love you. I don't think that guarantees you a spot in the big leagues. Um, I think you got to come out and you got to show you're ready. You got to show your mature enough to play in the big leagues. Um, I think the big leagues will hum to you pretty quickly if, if you get thrown into – into the action without um, without being prepared for it. Um, you know, Merch's been around the game for a long time. He's coached in the college ranks for a long time. So I think he knows um, when a guy's going to be ready for the big leagues. And um, I've had conversations actually with Murph about it and, you know, what, what he's thinking there. And um, he's like, yeah, the, you know, obviously the organization loves him. But as far as he's concerned, he's got to go out and improve his spot and improve his worth on the team. And um, if he comes into camp prepared, ready to go, fire on all cylinders and is going to you know, really improve the team, then I think he's going to be in the big leagues. But um, obviously there's still a lot of unknowns there, but obviously the organization loves him to, to give him $80 million. So he's, he's got to be pretty good. As the dude on this team, you and Yelly are kind of, you know, pitching and position player dudes. What do you need to see from him? What do you need to see from this guy that you're like, Okay, beginning camp, I see this. He's adapt- adopted this, adapted to this, or he sucks at this. What do you need to see? I think for to, to gel in the clubhouse is probably the best thing. Um, you come in, you don't want to be the selfish guy. Everyone knows you're going to make $80 million, so don't come in and 
and act like you're better than everyone because really you're, you're 19, 20 years old and you still have a lot to prove. So um, coming in, showing the willingness to learn. Um, Yelly is going to be a great guy be, to be right there with him um, in the outfield, um, taking him through reps, you know, hitting in the cages. I'm sure they'll, they'll pair him up with Yelly and some of the other guys um, in the clubhouse. But just show you're willing to learn, show you you're, you're there to, to win baseball games. You're there to compete for the team. Um, and that's really that's I think that's kind of what what you expect out of most guys. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of a lot of young guys competing for spots um, in camp this year. So um, I think that probably be the message to, to a lot of the guys, whether it's him, um, Black, there's some young pitchers we have um, just guys that are wanting to make the team. Just come out and show you're willing to be a team guy, um, work your butt off and um, do whatever you can to help the team win. Corbin, first off, congrats on, you know, the arbitration deal, 15.637. I don't know where you got those final three numbers from. but that's 500, don't forget the 500. <laughs> <laughs> that's 500. the craziest number ever, Burns. Uh, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I, you don't see a number like that. I mean, you must have did like – you must have had one less walk, and they're like, all right, we'll just give them the 37.5. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that number came from a previous uh, pitcher that was third-time ARV eligible that we were kind of shooting for last year that uh, we, we kind of got back to that level this year. Nice. Yeah, and what people don't understand, when you do ARV, you go back and look at what other people have done, what you've done as well. It's not – especially what you're going to do in the future. So that's that's really interesting. Ah, uh, I want to talk about uh <laughs> it's funny just the number. I want to talk I want to talk about bullpen sessions, man. I know you're big on bullpen sessions. Is there like something specific you do every time you go to bullpen session? Can you explain, you know, to everybody, you know, if there's something that, you know, you do that most people don't wouldn't understand? Yeah, so my, I'm actually a little bit different when it comes to, to bullpens. All, you know, right now I'm thrown off the mound every day. Um, there isn't a day that I play catch that I'm not on the mound. Um, for me in the off season, early in spring, um, getting off the mound as much as I can just to get comfortable. Um, you know, with the spikes in the dirt again, seeing a catcher back there, getting a hitter to stand in. Um, for me, it's just getting comfortable again. Then once I get comfortable again, um, you know, it's going through everything. It's kind of, it's, it's not a ton of pitches. It's up there for 12 to 15, um, get a touch. Um, you're not going to get up there and throw up huge velos and get game like spin action. So as long as you have a good feel, um, of something and I get on and get off, but usually probably a month or two into the season, I'll stop throwing bullpens on a, on a mount. Um, for me, it's just flat ground work. It's getting the work in, um, getting that good feel, just knowing that I don't want to chase something in a bullpen. I don't want to chase a spin that, um, when you get the adrenaline and game action, it's going to you know, have a different shape to it. So for me, a lot of it's feel. Um, a lot of it, once I get comfortable um, with my legs, with the timing of my hands and stuff, I'll stop throwing bullpens in season and just get the work in, get out, and try not to chase something in those bullpen sessions. I got one on that. I got a question on that. But first, I got to know, who was the comp? Who did you compare yourself to? <laughs> so that number is uh, Jake Arrieta's number from, gosh, 2017, 2018. Dude, you are way better looking than Jake Arrieta. I would not have used that as a comp. But let's get back to let's get back to the uh, your your bullpens here. At the end of my career, I would say probably the last five or six years, they started bringing Trackmans, mm -hmm. Trackman into or Rap Soto into the bullpen, and I even even into BP. So guys would have it in BP. I felt like, and at that point I had established, you know, my routine, whether it was good or it was bad, it was my routine. I felt like young guys that were out there in their bullpens with 
the trackman out there, the rap Soto, it was like, oh man, this is kind of like a tryout. Like I, I got to make sure I get my, how do you, how, since, since you don't really use it or you don't really utilize bullpens as much, do you use TrackMan at some point or rap Soto? And is that good or bad for young guys? Because it's kind of like a constant barometer, like, oh, you only threw that one 86. Are you okay? Yeah, so yeah, so I, I'll use TrackMan and all the analytics um, early in early in camp, spring training, bullpens, um, kind of at the end of the off season. Uh, my son's trying to come in here. Easy, Bubba. Um, so basically, the, the TrackMan is the kind of indicator of kind of how I'm progressing through spring training. Um, but then once season starts. I don't use TrackMan and bullpens. Again, I don't want to chase the numbers. I don't want to chase the spin rates. I'll look at TrackMan um, post-outing um, just to kind of see how they compare throughout the season. If we see, hey, something spin directions off on a curveball or a slider is something I can work on um, in a catch play between between outings. But that's one of the things I, I do talk to a lot of young guys about is, is caution using the analytics, the TrackMan, the Rapsodo, whatever it may be. Um, in bullpen sessions because the, your adrenaline is not the same. Um, the intensity is not the same. So if you're trying to chase something to say the shape of a slider or the spin rate of the slider um, and you start doing some funky stuff in the bullpen, it's not going to translate to the game because all of a sudden you get a different adrenaline, um, different intensity. So um, I use it more of a tool as, as I'm getting ready um, at the end of an off season into spring training, just to kind of see my baseline, see where they're at, make sure they're on track, make sure I don't need to change anything mechanically. Um, and then once season starts, it's just looking at them, you know, every two to three outings just to make sure we're kind of kind of on par with the rest of the season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I'm kind of nerding out here, but do you think there's a future where we're using the in-game TrackMan data in the sense of like his spin to analyze whether a pitcher should come out of a game? Because we talk about this all the time and, and you're – you know, you're already past that threshold, but we talk about how pitchers are evaluated to be taken out of games. Do you think in the future, a guy that's about to break into the big leagues right now, you know, a Paul Skeens could be seen by an organization 
like the Pirates, who says, oh, you know, as soon as your RPMs hit uh, 2,600, you know, we're going to bring, although he's a lower spin rate guy. So as soon as they start ticking in one direction or another, boom, we're getting somebody up in the bullpen. Yeah, I think so. I, and I think, honestly, I, th- I think we're there. Um, I, I, I know there's a lot of stuff that um, the Brewers, you know, pitching coaches, staff look at in game as far as pitch shape, um, velocity, that kind of thing that um, you know, might be like, hey, your, your sliders have a little bit, a little bit different shape today. You know, how's it feeling? Do we need to lean on more curveballs? Um, so it's, it's definitely there um, as far as looking at pitch shape in game. Um, is are we close to, like I say, RPMs, um, velocity determined when a guy gets taken out? Probably. We're, we're probably pretty close to that, um, especially for, for the young guys that they're trying to protect, um, get the most value out of them in five or six innings and get them out of there. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, if I, I've talked about, I've talked to, you know, Hookie, our pitching coach about it, like, Hey, just like my bullpens, I, I don't want to track man up in game. I don't want to hear about slider shape for me. If, if I'm getting out, let's keep rolling. If I'm not getting out, then we're not throwing the right pitches. So let's make an adjustment. So I, 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 I you to stay away from the analytics once season starts. Um, but it's definitely becoming, becoming more and more prevalent in the game. I love that because. I remember when I used to play, they used to give me, when it was first starting to come out, they'd give me paperwork. And I told <laughs> the guy, I said, this will be the last time you give me this paperwork. I'm going to use it in the toilet here in a second. I don't want to see any of that crap because I know how I can play. I know where to play when Miguel Cabrera is up and he's facing a lefty. I know where to play when this guy's up. You're not going to tell me I need to be two steps to the left on this point on defense-wise. That's just me ranting a little bit. Excuse me. Anyway, yeah. um, free – we talk about free agents a lot. You just went through arbitration. Um, have you talked to or heard from anybody that's going through it right now? Because there's still a lot of free agents out there. I know you got a lot of buddies out there you played with or played against. Uh, you haven't gone through this yet, but still, is there you know any talks, anything going on? Because there's still a ton of free agents out there. Yeah, so just my experience. So I've, I've, I've gotten to know some of the starting pitchers um, the last couple of years. So I remember having having conversations with, with Gosman um, and Robbie Ray a little bit. Gosh, was there where they signed their contracts last year or two years ago? Um, just getting their their you know their mind about you know what they thought about um, free agency, how it went for them, that kind of thing. Because everybody everybody views it as like, oh, it's, it's a great time you get to pick, and really you, you really get two, maybe three offers to choose from. So just kind of getting the reality of it, um, kind of understood it a little bit last year, going through it again this year, talking to some guys. Um, I'm still, you know, one of my best friends in the game is, is Josh Hader, and I talk to him, you know, pretty often. He's the guy that's still out there. He's still going through it. Um, and just listening to the difference of the reliever markets to the, to the starting pitcher market, to the position player market, um, obviously he's still unsigned and he's in a market that usually takes most of the off season into spring training for it to, to, to fully develop and, and sign a place. So, um, it's just interesting to hear the different, different markets and how their pace goes. And, um, it seems like this year has been even slower, um, you know, with the big signings of Otani and Yamamoto, it's kind of slowed everything down, but, um, yeah, there's still a ton of, ton of free agents out there and it's, uh, it's exciting for teams to know that there's still that many options out there when we're gosh, a month away from spring training starting. Yeah, and I'll say this because you won't and you don't need to say this. Oh, nice. My freaking chain's falling apart. Um, the off-season excuse of the year from some teams is, is the TV money the ours sends. I, I won't get you down that that rabbit hole, but there's a lot of BS there. Um, they're fine. They have money. And hopefully they spend it at some point over the next few weeks. So a lot of fans in the chat asking about Hater, obviously knowing from this show maybe because he popped on at one point that you guys are boys. So – 
have you spoken to him at all and or hung out with him? And when you do, do you talk about this at all? Or do you try and be that friend where you're like, screw it, let's just have a good time and let's have that be the only topic we don't cover and we can do whatever else we want to do. And you're kind of uplifting. So give us the lowdown. Yeah, we've hung out. We've hung out quite often. Um, obviously, our, our sons are both about the same age. Our wives are best friends. We're best friends. So, um, you know, we, we text all the time. We talk all the time. We, we hang out, hung out around Thanksgiving, hung out around, um, around Christmas. Actually, we're together on Christmas Day. So um, we're still very close. And usually it's it's a brief, you know, hey, how's the body feeling? How's your arm feeling? Always, you know, for me and him, most importantly, it's always health. So we're always checking in to make sure we're going to be healthy to uh, be able to throw that year. And then, I just, I, it's usually just a quick question. That, hey, how did, how's arbitration going or how did it go? Um, you know, how's free agency? How's it going? And that's, that's about it. It's more about, you know, just spending time with each other, um, shooting the shit, catching up, you know, talking about each other's kids and, and what's life, what life's been doing. So not a ton of baseball talk. Um, just because I, me and him are very similar in the off season. We want to focus on, on life outside of baseball because we know we got eight months of the year where it's nonstop baseball. Um, talking about it in the clubhouse, you know, you see games on all the time. So um, when we get the opportunity to just talk anything besides baseball, we do, whether it's fishing, whether it's hunting, um, just anything. You get out with brother at all, hunting or fishing or nothing or stricken outdoors? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not into the hunting like he is. He's got all of his land in Missouri and he's, I mean, he's building all kinds of lodges and all kinds of stuff that he's going to take us to one day. But um, I, I haven't got out with him fishing this year. He hasn't taken the boat out in the water, so I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in him on that. Um, but I go out, you know, two or three times a month, um, whether it's by myself or um, get out quite often with Andrew Vaughn, uh, another good friend of mine. Um, so there's there's definitely some time to get out there. But, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in that he hasn't gotten the boat out in the water this offseason. That's brutal, brother. Yeah, All right. Brother. So <laughs> so let's put, let's put the 2024 postseason, right, after the season, you're a free agent. Think about all these guys that are being held up by the RSNs, being held up by Yamamoto and Shohei and all that stuff. How are you going to be handling it at this time of year? All, everything from what's your mindset to what kind of calls. Like we talked to Todd, Todd about it earlier today. Todd was talking about how the fact that he was calling his agent and be like, bro, what's the deal with this? Like, why aren't they calling? Like, you need to call this guy. Like, I'll call him. How are you going to handle all this? Well, I, ironically, I've already had these conversations with Scott. Um, he's obviously he's going through a lot of it right now with with Snell and Montgomery and Bellinger and Chapman. I mean, gosh, he's got so many names you can't even count. Um, but he, he, we've had the conversations. He's like, look, we're a year away. We're going to get to have these conversations now. Um, markets are different each year. Um, basically, you're going to have a team to play on come whatever, mid-February of 2025. It's like you, you don't have to worry about it. Um, you're going to be one of the better, better pitchers out there. Teams are going to want you. You're going to have a deal. Um, so for me, it's obviously it's reassuring because you just don't know what's going to happen. It's, it seems like every offseason something else comes up um, of a slow market this year because of Otani, Yamamoto, RSN deals. Hopefully all that's taken care of. We won't have those guys in the free agent market. And I'm signed by Thanksgiving next year, but that's not going to happen. That's just um, not how things go. And so – um, part of me is going to be having to be patient, wait it out, um, knowing that the markets will come around. Um, he's really good at what he does, so I'm going to let him do his job. But, um, yeah, there's, there's always that curiosity of, hey, when's it going to happen? When things, when things are going to pick up? You know, what teams are going to reach out? So 
Um, it's kind of a, a wait and see game. That's it's obviously frustrating, but um, as these guys are going through it this year, it's just something that happens every every off season. But the but the uncertainty of like not knowing where you're going for spring training that doesn't that doesn't bother you or or the fact that maybe Scott's yes he's looking out the best for Corbin but he's looking out for the best of his next sixty Cy Young award winning pitchers too like how do you how do you balance both of those things and yet you know it's still you yes I get it you're trusting Scott. But it's it's your contract. It's your life that you have to turn around and pack your family up two minutes in in advance to go to spring training that starts in three days. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it's it's, it's my decision and um, where I want to end up um, with the offers I've gotten. It's going to be my choice, and um, I'm going to do what's best for you know my family. Whether it's um, a Florida spring training, Arizona spring training, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. Um, you know, we're open to everything. Um, I've, I've had the conversation with my wife already of, Hey, this, this game isn't going to last forever. You know, we're, we're going to be retired, you know, a lot longer than we're going to play this game. So, um, you know, let's try to try to do what we can and have fun while we can, while we're in the game, knowing that there's going to be so many years after we can enjoy ourselves and travel and, um, raise the kids and do whatever. So, um, we're, we're, we're very open-minded with, you know, where we're going to play, um, when it's going to happen. Um, we're just going to take it in stride and, um, know that it's just part of the process and enjoy it. Um, you know, the last thing we last thing we want to do next year is stress out the entire off season and and waste an off season of getting to you know hang out with the kids and um, see family and travel for the holidays. So um, that's the last thing we want to do. So that we're just going to keep it up minded, enjoy ourselves, and and when the time comes to to, to pick the team to sign with, that's that's when it's going to happen. Hey, I want to ask you a question here. <clears throat> you brought up a quote that I know you've heard before, you know, you're going to be retired a lot longer than you're going to be yeah. playing this game. Who, who have you heard that quote from before? Shit. Everyone that plays this game. It's no, like... no, there's no, <laughs> listen, listen, there's a main guy who says it every year in spring training when we have our meetings. Do you remember who it is? I mean, it seems like everyone in the union will say it too. So it's, it's uh, in the MLB bad, all the, the players. Yeah, the so Dan, Dan, Dan Foster. Dan Foster comes in. Bro, he goes like this. He goes, you'll have a stack of money this high. When you're done, you'll have a stack of money this high. And, and bro, yeah. I never forget Dan Foster coming. He says the same speech over and over about, it's you know. True, how, it's true. It is. it is. It's 100%. You got to look out for your family at the end of the day. Because I remember my wife was on my ass 24-7. And, you know. She's a little pipsqueak. I love her to death. Uh, but she was like, call him again. Call him again. I'm like, you freaking call him then if you care. I'm like, leave me alone. But, yes, uncertainty of what you're doing. Um, my last question to you is, man, all right, forget about everything else. Put everything out the window. How excited are you to come in this year knowing you just got finally got your money? Let's go. It's go time here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, obviously, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Murph recently. Uh, Murph's fired up. Obviously, first year managing in a long time. Um, he's, he's, he's excited for the squad. He's excited to, to get to camp. Um, you know, Murph lives out here, so I'm sure he's going into complex every day to, to see some of the minor league guys that are in there. Um, but he's, he's fired up. He's obviously, we're going to have a young squad. Um, there's still, like I said, still a lot of off season left. So there's, you know, still room to make additions to the team, but, um, he knows it's going to be a young team like what we had last year. And, um, people are already counting us out again, which is which he loves that. He, he it fires him up. He's like, oh, I love it. We're the underdog. We're gonna go out. We're gonna prove people wrong. That's 
that's just the, you know, it fuels the fire for Murph. So um, he's excited. Um, I've talked to a couple of the guys and everyone's itching to get going. Everyone's, you know, working out, training hard, throwing already. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that everyone else is just as excited as, as I am and Murph is. And I'm sure everyone else around the organization is to, to get back going again and, um, you know, do our best to, to get to the postseason and make a, make a deep postseason run. Hey, what do you think about uh, Murph going to hit with Bregman? You know, he likes, he likes all his guys. He was on our show and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go over and watch Bregman hit. How do, you, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Like a team that you could be playing in the, in the World Series. I feel like you got to give Murph a little bit of a hard time for that. There, I mean, there's so many things to give Murph a hard time about. It's tough to, to, to pick one thing. Uh, he's, he says he says dumb shit every day. And so you, you try to you try to call him out on it, but then he throws something else at you that leaves you speechless for a little while that you, just, you don't even know what to say most of the time. So um, I, I, who knows? He was probably going to see Bregman because he was hitting with someone else. Um, who knows? The, the list of people that Murph knows in this game is incredible. Um, you know, he, he brings up a name that's, oh, yeah, I, I coached this guy in, in the 50s. And I'm like, Murph, you're too old to be telling people that you coached in the 50s. So um, I don't even know that's true. But, I mean, he's just – he's been around the game forever. He knows every single name in the game. Um, anytime you hear a free agent that we signed or came up with, it's like, oh, yeah, I coached him or I coached his brother or I coached his dad. So it's like, dude, you've got, you've got too many connections in this game. <laughs> so, Corbin, there's some fans in the chat asking about Craig Council. And when we had Murph on, we asked him about it, of course. So from your perspective, what's that rivalry going to be like this coming season for the Cubs and the Brewers and Council versus Murph? Because obviously we know Murph's personality and how tight they are. But I just think there'll be this dynamic of like maybe entertaining shit talk, you know, that's going on before, during and after the game. And obviously for fans and for the division, it's going to be competitive as hell because these should be two of the better teams in the division. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had a great rivalry for, for ever since I've been up, um, you know, we, we've always competed against the Cubs. Well, they've always played against us. Well, it didn't matter if they were struggling that year or not. Um, whenever the, the Brewers went in Wrigley or the Cubs came into to Milwaukee, it was always going to be a tough, um, tough series. And it has been, it's been exciting. Um, I, obviously this is going to add to it a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to, to go to Wrigley and, um, see how people are, you know, interact with, with counts because every time we went in there, um, you know, we got booed. So it's, it's kind of all of a sudden they went from booing the guy to cheering the guy. So it'll be, it'll be kind of cool to see, be curious to see how it plays out. Um, you know, Murph's going to do his job with whoever we're coaching against. He's not going to try to try to draw attention to that. Um, he's going to have his plan. We're going to go out and try to win that day. Um, hopefully we beat him every time we play him, but, um, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll, it'll be cool to see counts again and talk to him. Um, you know, I've had a pretty good relationship with council for the last four or five years. So, um, just to see him in a different uniform, I definitely be different. Um, but it'll be good to see him and it'll be good to beat him. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch those games. Okay. So one more here, follow up question on our hater discussion from earlier, because I want to, and we've been doing this defend him and I'm sure you can do the same. Sometimes fans are like, well, he won't pitch the eighth inning or, you know, is he really going to pitch the eighth? Like they, they bring that up nonstop as if every closer goes two innings in the game. And you know, you know, the backstory we've talked about the backstory to an extent. I also haven't gotten this from Josh this second, but I can pretty much guarantee knowing him that the team that he signs with, which will probably be multiple, multiple years, 
he will probably make himself available in those kind of scenarios now with a long-term contract. And it's not like this has come up a billion times in the past. What's your take though on, you know, him catching some flack for fans for, you know, especially that one game, I think it was the Padres are out of it and, you know, he could have come in for an out or two and they lost, but they were already essentially eliminated. Yeah. So I think, I think the reason Hayter gets a lot of that um, is because that's what he did when he came into the big leagues in 17 and 18. He was the seventh, eighth inning guy um, before he became the closer. And so everyone's like, Oh, we, we were used to seeing Josh Hader for two years, throw two innings. Um, you don't see any other closer in the league throw two inning saves every time they go out there. So I think that's just Hader got this rap of, being a multi-inning guy when he wasn't a closer when he first came up and did really well. Then when he transitioned to the closer role, um, he took on the prototypical closer role of being the ninth inning guy and, and going in and getting three outs and, you know, getting the save, winning the baseball game. So um, obviously the other thing is, is Josh is all about being healthy just as every other pitcher is. And so if you want a closer to go out there and throw 110 innings in a season, it's going to be tough for them to stay healthy. But that doesn't mean that in August, September, come crunch time in the postseason, if you ask him to get a five, six out, four out save, he's not going to go out there and do it. Like, he's going to go out there and do it. It's just he's a competitor. He wants to win. He's a team guy. Um, but just asking a, a closer to throw two innings five days a week for the entire season and throw 100 innings, just it's, it's not reasonable. Kratz, basically what I'm getting here is, and I think this is true, he set the bar too high early on. It's like <laughs> – you go on a first date and you're on a private jet and you're on an island and there's like a movie set up and I don't know, you just have some ridiculous first date. And then the next date you, you know, go to a fast food joint. You're like, wait, what? I, yeah, we but, I mean, let, let's put it this way. To, 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 use, to use your analogy, the equivalent was you'd had a private jet, tw- you know, 24 roses, all this stuff. Then the rest of the time, Hater, the rest of the dates were like, five-star restaurants, no mm-hmm. private jet, but a weekend vacation in New York. Like we're like <laughs> hater is the bee's knees. And this is why we're talking about the eighth inning. Like this dude has done stuff in the game that nobody has seen. Now, Devin Williams has followed in his footsteps. So whatever hater gets, Devin should get also like, those are two of the elite closers in the game right now. And they're going to free agency you are getting exactly what he's put out there. So don't give me this whole eighth inning trash. Like it's this dude has been elite except for a, you know, 16 game stretch in his entire career, which there's other extenuating circumstances with that, that like if you're really going to spend a hundred million and you're worried about 16 games that he didn't do well in, why don't you call him up and see what was going on during those 16 games? (laughs) And I think you might up it to like 120 for my, for brother. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Every penny that a team spends on him is, is going to be well worth it. I mean, the, the guy works his butt off. He makes sure to take care of himself. Um, from the minute he gets there, he's got a plan of, hey, I'm going to go do my throwing routine, get my workout in, do my arm care. Like the guy just is is the ultimate like guy taking care of his body, keeping his mind right, um, goes out and performs, and it's, it's tough to argue. Um, I think with those dates, basically, it's it's not just that. It's the consistent, consistency. It's like every date he's always going to show up there, too. That's what's gone into the durability of him just pitching the ninth. All right, last one here, just following up on that. Wasn't there a time like several years back where you guys, you know, one of your playoff runs had him in that, you know, multiple inning stretch? And I felt like 
the game planning was around him, right? Like it would be, when are we going to bring him in? When are we going to get three shutout innings, right? Like he was that much of a factor in that role, which was nuts. Cause obviously he'd get like two days off pitch three innings. He, you're right. He was one of a kind in our game and it's definitely not good for pitcher health. Yeah. I mean, so I think that was probably the team in 18. That's when um, I came up in 18. I mean, our bullpen that year was, was unbelievable. We had, the reason Hader was throwing the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings is because he had Jeremy Jeffries, who had the you know one of the best years of his career, and our closer was Corey Knable, who was an all-star as well. So it's like our bullpen that year, all we needed a starting pitcher to do was throw three innings. Because then it felt <laughs> like I was throwing the fourth, Hader was throwing the fifth, you know, the, Woody was throwing the fifth, Hader was throwing the sixth and seventh, Jeffress the eighth, Knable the ninth, and like that's, that's what we did in the postseason. So we did down the stretch in September. Um, and it's the reason probably we got one game away from the World Series that year is our bullpen was so dominant that you know we had starting pitchers that just said, hey, go through the order one time. And then we've got four or five guys we can match up to, to close the game out with Hader throwing you know seven or eight punches somewhere in the middle of the game. Yeah, incredible. You can't wait to see where he ends up. Dude, great catching up as always. Thank you, Corbin. Enjoy the fam time. We'll talk to you probably at this point in spring training. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.